Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Wounded for Our Transgressions, as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Have you ever looked at something that was so shocking you couldn't look, you turned your face, you couldn't stand to look at it, it it was so horrible? It may be that that will be your first response. When you see the marks of the suffering that he bore for you, you look and you can't even, he doesn't even look like a human being. Ooh, you know, you just sort of cringe at it. He is despised. He's rejected. And we didn't esteem him. But surely, in that suffering, in that death, he bore our griefs and he carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Now, this is why it is so ridiculous to try to hold the Jews responsible for the death of Jesus Christ and to blame them and to persecute them as has been the history of the church, persecute them for the death of Jesus Christ. That's sheer unscriptural idiocy. They are no more responsible for the death of Jesus Christ than you or I. We are all equally responsible for his death, for he was wounded for our transgressions. It was my sin that put him on the cross. It was my sin that brought him that suffering and that beating and that shame and that reproach. I'm guilty. And we shouldn't seek to blame someone else for our own guilt and to persecute someone else for that for which we are ourselves responsible. Surely he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So we are the ones responsible for the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ because he suffered and died for me, that he might bring me the forgiveness of my sins, that he might bring me into fellowship with God. You see, God created man in the beginning for fellowship. That was the purpose of God when he created man, that God might be able to fellowship with man. But when man turned his back upon God and sinned, fellowship with God was broken. And fellowship with God who is holy and righteous cannot be restored until something is done about my sin. And that is why Jesus came, that he might take the guilt of my sin, that he might bear my iniquities, my transgressions, my guilt, die in my place in order that through his death I can now come to God and have fellowship with God. All we like sheep have, turned astray, uh, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. 
but the Lord hath laid on Jesus Christ the iniquities of us all. You remember Jesus cried on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Crying out the 22nd Psalm, and in the verse four, the answer is given, for thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of thy people. God forsook his son when your sin was placed upon him. For that's the effect of sin. It's being forsaken of God, being separated from God. And when your sin was placed upon Jesus Christ, he was separated from the Father, and thus the cry, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But he was forsaken of God in order that you won't have to be forsaken by God. For God laid on him the iniquities of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. You remember before Pilate, Pilate marveled that he didn't answer him. He said, answerest thou not me? Don't you know that I have power to free thee or power to put thee to death? Jesus said, you don't have any power except that which my Father gives you. But don't worry. Those that turn me over to you have the greater sin than you do. That really troubled Pilate. He didn't know what he had on his hands. He did his best to free him, but he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. All of the accusations, hear not all these things they accuse thee of. What do you say for yourself? Jesus didn't answer. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off. You see, without any children, who is going to declare his generation? He was cut off out of the land of the living. Now, that's an interesting phrase, cut off out of the land of the living. You remember that Daniel prophesies from the time the commandment goes forth to restore and rebuild Jerusalem to the coming of the Messiah, the prince, will be seven sevens and uh, 62 sevens, three score and two sevens. And uh, the walls shall be built again in troublous times. And after the three score and two sevens shall the Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, but for the people. Phrase cut off, he'll be crucified out of the land of the living. For the, and God cries out, for the transgression of my people he was stricken. Now he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. You remember Joseph of Arimathea, a very rich man, came and begged Pilate for the body of Jesus that he might bury it. And here it is. He's with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when he shall make his soul an offering for sin. So Christ became the sin offering for us according to the will of God because God loved us. He shall see his seed and prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. That is, he travailed in order that you might be born again. And in seeing your redemption, in seeing you in fellowship with God, he's satisfied. He looks upon it and says, well, it was worth it all because of the redemption that he is able to offer to us, that fellowship that he can bring to us with the Father. 
And so he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. And by his knowledge, that is by the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my righteous servant shall justify many. So how many of us tonight have been justified before God through the knowledge of Jesus Christ? So God declares, by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Now, all of this written 700 years before Christ was born. That is why when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and talked to the people who were involved in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, he said unto them, Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was proved to be of God by the signs and the wonders which he did while he was still living with you, whom you, according to the predetermined counsel and foreknowledge of God, with your wicked hands have crucified and slain. But when he talks about the crucifixion, he speaks about the predetermined counsel and the foreknowledge of God. God knew it. God had, God had planned it in order that he might demonstrate to you how much he loves you. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Paul said, for a righteous man, some might dare to die. For a good man, peradventure, some would even give their lives. But here in his God's love manifested in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He bore your iniquities. He bore your sins. Therefore, the Father says, will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Yeah. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and if sons, then heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ as he divides the spoil with the strong. Because he has poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, two thieves on either side one on either side. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. You remember, even as they were nailing him, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do, interceding for the transgressors. All of these things prophesied in advance, all of them fulfilled through the death of Jesus Christ. Surely it sets him alone in history as the only man who could ever qualify to be the Messiah, the suffering servant. If Jesus is not the Messiah, there is no Messiah. No other man can qualify. But Jesus has qualified in all 300 points of prophecy that spoke about his life his ministry, his death. And here in Isaiah, outstanding example of clear-cut prophecy. And if it doesn't refer to Jesus Christ, it can't refer to any other person in history. He stands alone as the only one who has fulfilled these things. And to reject him after the basis of this kind of evidence is to sin against your own conscience and to sin against the truth, which becomes even a greater evil. Israel is to be restored as Jehovah's wife. Chapter 54, sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent, 
Let them stretch forth the curtains of thy habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. As God speaks of how he's just going to enlarge the nation and the people of Israel as he receives them again and places his blessings upon them once more. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth and shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. As we go to the prophecy of Hosea, we will find a very classic picture of how God took Israel as his own wife, how that she forsook him, serving other gods, and how that God finally will redeem her back again to himself and, and marry her once more and uh, have that right relationship that he has always desired with her. And so here the same idea, you'll not re remember the reproach of your youth or your wid widowhood anymore. For thy maker, God, is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman that is forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when you were refused, saith thy God. For a small moment I have forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. The glorious grace of God the glorious mercy of God, the glorious patience of God as he deals with his people, the nation Israel. And as for a moment and a thousand years is as a day with the Lord, for a moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness Will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be angry with thee nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, the hills shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted, behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires, and I will make your windows of agates, and the gates of carbuncles, and all of the borders of pleasant stones. And all of your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established, and thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire and that bringeth forth the instrument for his work, and I have created the waster to destroy. But no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. 
for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Their righteousness is of me. Our righteousness is not of ourselves. It's not of our works. It's not by the works of righteousness that we have done, but by his grace alone. God declares their righteousness is of me. And of course, the, the, the primary promise here is being made to the Israelite, to the, to the nation of Israel after he has regathered them and claimed them as his people. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So that it goes beyond just Israel. And it comes to us as servants of the Lord who find our righteousness in Christ. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, going into the glorious kingdom age. Now, God detests and hates commercialism. God hates how people take advantage of one another, profiteering on someone else. God is going to bring down the whole commercial system. And when God brings it down, there is going to be great rejoicing in heaven, though on earth there's going to be tremendous mourning and lamentation. But in Revelation 18, God spends a whole chapter telling of how he's going to bring down this whole commercial world that have put people into bondage through credit cards and have made slaves out of people, put people under all kinds of financial pressures, taken advantage of people's misfortunes. And God hates it with a passion. And he's going to bring it down. And in the new age that is going to be established by Jesus Christ, no commercialism at all. Man's greed will not have an opportunity of exploiting the weaker man or his fellow man or the poorer man. Ho, oh, everyone that thirsteth, come to the waters. He that has no money, come by and eat. Yea, come and buy the wine and the milk without money and without price. God is going to allow the earth to just bring forth abundantly, and every man shall see, sit neath his own vine and fig tree, and they shall live in peace together. There won't be the greed that has actually created so many of the horrible wars in our history. Those men who profit over wars, those men who have the commercial interest and all, who can make great gain through bringing a nation against a nation, all be gone. The basis of greed will be gone. Everything will be free. Oh, everyone that thirsts, just come. Help yourself. Take what you want. No money, no price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, the Lord said? You labor for that which does not satisfy, as, as he speaks out against you know, our, our whole system today, how that we labor so hard to get things that really don't satisfy. Why is it that you do this? Hearken diligently to me. Eat that which is good. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear 
Come unto me and hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. So Christ shall come and sit upon the throne of David and order it and establish it in righteousness and in judgment. And he shall be as a witness to the people, a leader, a commander. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew thee not shall run unto thee, because the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Oh, what beautiful words of God to us tonight. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 53 through 55 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord enrich you in all good things in Christ Jesus. May He fill you with the knowledge of His love and His grace. And may you walk in fellowship with Him through the week. And may the Lord continue His work in your life as He draws you unto Himself, as He cleanses you through His Word, as He fits you and prepares you for that work that he would have you to do in touching the needy world around you. God bless you. God strengthen you and keep you ever in his love and in his will. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? 
Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question. You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call the Word for Today at 800 272 